Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Before we get started, I wanted to take a quick minute to tell you that it's finally here. I am so excited to announce the Rising Leaders Collective Membership is now open. Why Rising Leaders, you ask? Because we all have a leader inside of us who is screaming to rise. The leader who is ready for more growth, connection, expansion, and possibilities. This will include bi-weekly support as you learn to own and stand on your story in a supportive, collaborative space. Want to become an author, podcaster, or business owner by learning how to share your story authentically and in this supportive space, then this is the space for you. You do not want to miss out. There are some incredible promotions for the first 10 people who join. Sign up at the link in the show notes. I'm so excited to support you and bring this vision to life. Now onto the show. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are speaking with Malia Christensen. Malia is a trauma-informed life and relationship coach. She helps high-achieving women have the relationship they've always wanted after surviving trauma. After experiencing childhood and adolescent trauma herself and escaping from an abusive relationship in her early 20s, she began the journey of self-healing. It is now her passion to help other women step into a new life of healthy and authentic connection with themselves and others. Outside of her coaching business, she's on her path towards becoming a licensed marriage and family therapist and has been in the mental health field for over six years. This is an incredible, incredibly powerful conversation as we talk all about what is trauma? How do we heal it? How is it stored in the body? How do we do the work to heal it? What does that look like? And the topic that we hear a lot now of, of trauma comparison, how healing our trauma can help us to improve our other relationships in our life, as well as lead us to a life that is so much more aligned as our healed self. And how the journey of sharing her story, which you know I love, helped Malia to heal and build the relationships that she has in her life today. I love this conversation, and I think it is so relevant and important for where we are right now. Thank you so much for being here, Malia. I know you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Malia. It's so nice to have you here. Hi, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I, I, I love everything that you're doing and I just know this is going to be a great conversation. So as we started talking, you, we're going to dive into a few more things like specifically about you, but can you tell us where you are from? Yes. I live in San Luis Obispo, California. On California. Oh yeah. California. Central coast. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. We, yeah, it's not California when I look out my window, but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's actually not for me today either. It's raining for the first time in a really long time. So <laughs> you don't normally get a lot of rain, do you? 
not in the central coast. Not really. It's usually like 70, 75, like all year and sunny. So the the earth is happy to have all this rain. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So I want to talk about, let's dive in first. What is something that lights you up? Like what about the work that we're going to dive into who you are, but what is something that lights you up right now? That's so funny because I feel like the first thing that comes to my mind is just my business, just as a whole. Mm-hmm. I literally, I love it so much. I never knew that I would ever get to this place mm-hmm. where I got to wake up every morning and like practically jump out of bed to serve the women that I serve. Like it's amazing. And I just started my podcast for my business today, right before this episode with you. And that's totally lighting me up too. So that's when you know you're on the right path. Yeah, totally. And I've never had that before. So I'm really, it's a really cool experience. That's awesome. How long have you been in business? So I started a blog about, Mm -hmm. I guess it's about been almost a year now. Mm -hmm. And I just did a lot of blogging and started my website. And then I wrote an ebook. Um, And once I sold that, I was like, oh my gosh, I can make money online, like doing my own stuff. And I started coaching in June and it's just June this past year, right? Just this year. I love it. June. Yeah. Very, very recent. And like just the way that it's all unfolded, I was like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. I love it. So you, when you first started, and I know you've gone through some transition, when you first started, you were in like more specifically trauma-informed coaching. Yeah. So when I first started my blog, I was really into helping women with self-care and boundaries and anything that they could to like cope with trauma symptoms and painful back experiences, becoming the best version of themselves after trauma. Mm-hmm. And then that shifted into helping those same women who have had past trauma have better relationships because it's really challenging to have healthy relationships if you don't know what that looks like and you've had really painful past experiences. So went into that and yeah, I'm actually studying to be a licensed marriage and family therapist right now. So I kind of took that background into my coaching and my blogging and really just used nervous system regulation and all of the things that are really important for moving forward and healing Mm. um, and how to put that into a healthy relationship. I love that. We so need that right now. I think there's like, I just think that as we, we can't have strong, stable relationships if we're not in a good space, Like we have to do that work on ourselves first, but yes, that's where it starts from. So I want to dive in first and let's just talk trauma. What is a definition of trauma? So I really like the definition of a significant experience or series of events that interrupts the mind, body, and spirit. Interrupts the mind, body, and spirit. What an interesting, okay. So can you dive into that a little bit more? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So trauma is so multi-layered. So trauma, actually, when we experience a traumatic experience, it gets stored into our physical body, in our tissues, in our muscles, in our fascia, and our body remembers the trauma more so than the brain necessarily. So this event that happened, say, you know, maybe you got into a car accident, that physical 
energy of the traumatic experience gets stored into your physical body and can come up through symptoms like headaches and chronic pain and stomach issues and you know, even just anxiety and depression because it's just living in your body and it hasn't been able to be released. Mm-hmm. And the mind, you know, your mind, it can become really disconnected from your body because mm-hmm. the body sensations of the trauma that's stored in it can become so overwhelming that the mind just kind of takes its own path. And so we become really disconnected from our body um, through kind of leaving, I'm putting quotations, like leaving yeah. our body with our mind and our spirit. I mean, trauma has just such a profound influence on like your well-being and your passion for life and your ability to connect with yourself and other people that it just there's so many layers and so when i say an event that interrupts the mind body and spirit it really just kind of like takes over and makes life really difficult to navigate because you're just very out of balance on all three major levels thank you so much for that explanation because I think the something that compounds that even more is the fact that we've been conditioned to not talk about trauma. Like we've been conditioned to, you know, suck it up, keep moving. You're fine. It's not that bad and move on. So it's almost like the water's boiling, but we keep like putting the lid on, trying to shove it down and ignore what our body's response is. Yes, that is exactly what I did with my personal experiences for so many years. And it led to really bad dissociation. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is like when your mind physically leaves your body and you've just become so um, disconnected from yourself and the world around you so that you can cope and survive. And it's so that it's not so overwhelming. But yeah, it is if it gets stuck inside of you, that energy has nowhere to go and it becomes very overwhelming. And, and then the shame and the depression and the anxiety just gets worse and worse and worse. And then you almost bottle it up more Mm -hmm. and don't tell your story even more because you just don't even know how or to who, Mm -hmm. or if people even understand. So, yeah. So then you hold onto it until some event changes that like until, until you decide or some event changes, how you see that trauma is that obviously we are all in a space of coaching and speaking and writing about experiences that we have lived through. So however you want to share that, can you share the experience of what you went through trauma and what that turning point was that you're like, this is, I'm not going to do it this way any longer. Mm, Yeah. I So really it all hit me pretty hard when I was in my early twenties, I had just turned 20 and I was in a very, very abusive relationship. It was about two year long relationship and he completely like, I shouldn't say he did it, but I ended up losing my sense of self, my sense of worth. I felt like a shell of myself. Like I just was so broken down and I was like, I need some help. Like I need to go see somebody. I need to talk to somebody. And when I showed up to see a therapist for the first time, I realized, oh yeah, I have some serious trauma that I didn't really understand was I I was diagnosed with PTSD. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had had complex PTSD. So I'd had complex PTSD since a child and especially my adolescent years. So all these experiences built on top of one another. And it just 
And then this person broke me down so much that like, I felt like I had nobody who would understand me or see me. And I went to this therapist and, you know, I talked mainly about my relationship for a long time, but once I started feeling safe enough to open up with her about things that I literally had never talked to about with anybody, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, everything changed, everything changed. And I was like, I just, I knew that if I didn't share those stories with her, that I would never heal in the way that I needed to, Mm -hmm. but I was so terrified to share those stories with her for so long that I just, for months I didn't. And then once I did, it was like the gates of life opened for me. It's, it was an incredible experience to have that release. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I am so honored you for reaching out to get support because sometimes that in itself is a massive monster step, right? Like it's this, it's this piece of, was it easier because she was somebody you didn't know? Was it easier? Like, Mm. did you, in, in deciding that you wanted to get support and then you reached out to find support, which is a tremendous step in itself. Was it easier to reach out and connect with somebody you didn't know as opposed to going to a family member? Like, did anybody else have any idea of what was going on in your life at this time? No, yeah. nobody else knew. And so I think, I think having somebody, now that you mention it, I think that having somebody who I didn't know was really helpful because there was so much shame in my stories and there was so much like self-blame and guilt and all of these things that I was carrying for so long that I didn't think... I didn't even fathom being able to share that with people that knew me and knew my history and just knew my story. So her kind of being a neutral blank slate and over months of her building up rapport with me and trust and making me feel supported. And like, I could share that with her. Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't just jump right on in and I feel like I got to know her before I shared it but she still didn't know my life, um, outside of that room. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think her being a quote unquote stranger was, was one of the reasons why I was able to share my story with her. It's hard when you're in that space because you, like, if you reach to family, sometimes people are so, I think with the best intentions, but they're like trying to give you answers. Like what do, this is what you do. This is what you do. But as you're unpacking and giving yourself time to unpack that, that helps you to come to the space of understanding, like, what do I need to do? Like, what do I not, what does everybody think I should do? Because literally that's the position that I'm in right now. How can I decide what is best for me and what I want to do? So um, I appreciate you sharing that. I would love if you have a message. Um, I know this is early in the show to say this, but I just think it fits here. Is if you have a message to somebody who's listening, who feels like they are trapped in trauma, in a trauma story, in that experience, that it's okay to reach out to get help. How do you make that first step? Like, how do you come to that space of saying, I just, there's something, there has to be something more than this. Anything you could share with them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind for me is just first of all, listen to that quiet voice telling you Mm -hmm. that it might be time Mm -hmm. because our ego gets so loud and tries to tell us that we've got this on our own and that we can manage it, but just listen to that voice. Um, 
And another thing too, is when you, when you reach out to a therapist, I know right now, you know, being a therapist and training myself, it's very, very difficult to find therapists right now. Very hard. And that's so frustrating. And I wish that I could fix that. (laughs) Um, I know, but if there's an opportunity for you to pick which therapist you want to see, like if you see a therapist and you're like, I don't feel safe with this therapist. This doesn't feel like a good connection. Don't start sharing your stories with them until you find somebody who does feel safe for you because it can, it's just so much easier when you know that you have a connection with that person and it feels better. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would, I would just remind yourself, like, trust yourself to know what feels like a good fit for you. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, I don't want to stay in the trauma piece too long because I know this. You, there's so many other things that you're doing and helping people with. But there's one more question that I want to ask in this area because I see it a lot and I'm sure you see it is this trauma comparison. This mm-hmm. trauma comparison piece that um, how can I complain about my story when hers is 10 times worse? Like, mm-hmm. and we see it as complaining and it's not complaining, it's like trying to talk and share. But I just want to know anything you can help the listeners with regarding trauma comparison. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I just say, so no matter how bad you have it, no matter what you've been through, there's Mm -hmm. somebody out there who's had it worse. There's always somebody who's had it worse. And when I talk with clients about this, I talk about like kind of the situation where let's say you lose your father, you're grieving your father. And you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so sad, obviously. And all of that's coming up. And then your best friend loses both her mother and her father at the same time. Would you then tell yourself, I'm not allowed to feel sad about my dad being gone because she lost both of her parents. Like I can't, I can't be sad anymore because she lost her mom and her dad. And I only lost my dad. Mm -hmm. You just wouldn't do that. You, you know, that like the loss of your dad is painful and whatever you experience is valid. People have such a different threshold for trauma. Like a child can experience a divorce in the family and be completely fine. And another child can experience divorce and it's like earth shattering Mm -hmm. and they completely lose themselves. And so everybody is just so different that there's, there's not even a way to compare trauma because it just impacts everybody so differently. And whatever you're experiencing is completely valid and it's completely real. And yes, somebody quote unquote has it worse than you, Mm -hmm. but whatever you're experiencing is true. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing that. I know as we started to really like dive into counseling and support when we were going through our challenges like we tried multiple different counselors and I, and it was, mm. and there were some that I was like, there's, I, I'm very much a proactive, like give me something to do and learn through. I don't want to sit in this and that's just me. Um, I want to learn how to move. I want to move through this. I want to do something. And as we attended a number of different counseling, I think this was an eye opener for me and there's zero judgment in this, just observation, the number of places that we attended, cause we, we went to different, you know, support groups for addiction for all the different things 
And we would be in a group and hearing somebody talking about a relationship that they were hurting from that was like 50 years ago and 40 years ago. And they were holding on to it and speaking as though it was like last week. And that was an eye opener for me of like, wow, like if the more we feed shame, and this is the whole thing about shame, shame, love, secrecy, right? So the more we oh, yeah. feed it by not talking about it, the more we actually keep it alive and hearing yes. somebody speak about something that is, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago with the same intensity as we were in a space going, no, we're actually living in this right today. It was such an eye opener of like how real we keep some of this trauma alive. Yes, absolutely. It. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and something that you mentioned too, which is kind of, you know, a little bit off topic, but not really. I've noticed that with therapy, there isn't much like, depending on the therapist, everyone is different, but it really is about just sitting in that space and staying there and grieving it and feeling it. And I'm actually considering not being a therapist anymore because once I started coaching, I was like, I am not only helping people be in that, but I'm helping them move forward. I'm giving them a little bit of a boost that like you are quote unquote, not supposed to give as a therapist, not that you're not supposed to, but it just, it's supposed to come from very deeply within them in their own time. And -hmm. some people just don't know how to do that without a little bit of tools to, or some, some different mindset shifts that help Mm -hmm. them actually take that step out of this grief that they're sitting in and moving forward. So that's kind of unrelated, but not noticed. Yeah. I've noticed with, with coaching, it just, I have some clients who have been in my program and they're like, I have been in therapy for so many years and I'm already getting so much more out of coaching with you because Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm focusing on my future and not on my past. I'm so glad you said that because that is actually, I have, I have gone to multiple different therapists. So I'm like a very open that there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever, mm-hmm. but always be, always be aware that you're moving in the direction that you want to move in. Cause for me personally, I could sit in those emotions at home. Right. Like I could literally sit in these emotions yeah. at home over and over. And it's like, I don't want to sit in them. I want to move. I want to move. And what do I do? Not out of avoidance. Mm-hmm. But how do I physically move? And so I did counseling route and then I started to get involved in some coaching um, with coaches, with mentors, with groups, um, probably six years ago. And I personally can say for me, that had a bigger transformation than just the, the, the therapy had was a beginning catalyst, but the ch- biggest changes for me. So really just the permission of just keep looking for like the support that you're looking for. It's out there somewhere. Yes, absolutely. And if you have a lot of trauma, therapy is a good place to go first. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I saw a therapist for five years and she helped me with those trauma symptoms that I really needed. And now I'm seeing a different therapist and I'm also seeing a couple of different coaches. My coaches helped me so much more now that I've been able to move out of that trauma response and into forward thinking then my therapist, my therapist is, is not as helpful anymore, even though my therapist in the past saved my life. So yes, very interesting. It's just growth and it's just growth. And I'm, I thank you for talking about this because I know that this is, this topic is real right now. Like, I think this is, I mean, it's always been real, but it's really real right now. And especially as we've come through this time of the pandemic and what do we do? And it's interesting because how am I going to say this? If we do not work through our traumas, 
we continue to bury them, feed them, and then it impacts and affects all the relationships around us. So as I have watched, like I have watched firsthand, I have some friends whose kids are like this time has been the most traumatic thing in the world. I have other friends whose kids are like, this is is what it is. Like, it's just, so it's, it's, it's interesting because everybody's, if, if we don't do that work on ourselves, it continues to impact and affect different relationships around us. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. Um, I know it's yes, hard work. It I completely honor it and it's messy and we don't want to do it because it's just messy. Oh, but it's so hard. Dang, <laughs> stuck. I know. But I know it's, it's like, choose your hard. <laughs> Always get to choose your hard. Well, before yeah. we even started recording, we got to talk about like our combined love of Brené Brown and the work that she does. So Choose your heart is incredibly, it's just many times I think this is too hard. I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's actually not going to be as hard to move as it is to stay right here right now. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love that. So you have shifted into now alignment, love and alignment coach. What is that? What does that mean? Yeah. Yes. So I definitely still have a lot of the trauma informed support and education because what my goal now as a love and alignment coach is to help smart, successful women step into the version of themselves that aligns them with a healthy, secure partner. Mm-hmm. And so for you to be able to do that, you do have to work through your past traumas and your past pain and kind of help yourself to move through those things and um, release them from your energetic body and mind and spirit so that you can step into the highest, most healed, best version of yourself which will bring in the highest healed best version of a partner compliments you rather than like fixes you. <laughs> mm, okay. I love this. So it is like you doing the work on you to help to heal past traumas so that you can become your best version to then align with the best version for you. Yes. That, does that sound fair? The way you yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically just stepping into, I like to call it the healed self, Mm -hmm. like that version of you who is completely healed and happy and healthy and is doing what she's passionate about and loves everything about her life. Like, what does that look like? And how can we step into that version? And when you navigate challenging relationships or difficulties with boundaries and self-care, like how does your healed self show up and how can we step into that now today? Mm -hmm. And are there blocks keeping you from being able to step into that healed self? And if so, let's work through those and move them out of us. That is beautiful. So now take that one step further because alignment is really a buzzword right now, right? Like it's definitely something that we hear. How do you describe the word alignment? Hmm. Great question. I see alignment as matching the energetic frequency of your highest self. You're just, you're feeling very intentional about what you're doing. You are cultivating joy and happiness and abundance in not only relationships, but all areas of your life. And you are just like living up to your full potential. On all, in all aspects of life. So really just aligning with who you want to be that version of yourself that maybe you thought was impossible to have or to be at some point and to just 
match that frequency so that you can be her now rather than in the future. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's, it's like, and this is not a fake it till you make it mentality. Mm-hmm. This is like choosing to be that version. Yes, totally. Awesome. Yeah. So as you do this in your coaching, how do you help people take them through a, a space or work of recognizing where they're not in alignment in order to make changes to live in alignment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I start by having them really dive into what their healed self looks like, what that version of themselves looks like. And I get down to like, what does she do from the second she opens her eyes in the morning? How does she feel? What is the first, what is the first thing she does? What does her morning look like? What is her ideal day? Like if you could just have your perfect day, what would that look like? How would you feel? Who would you be with? Um, what are you allowing into your space? What are you not allowing into your space? And I really just help them get in tune with that. Mm-hmm. And then as we, so I, I do a lot of relationship work. So as women are dating and something comes up, uh, you know, for example, like boundaries, I ask, what would your healed self do in this situation right now? Mm-hmm. And it is insane to just see the difference between how my clients who are feeling so overwhelmed by something shift incredibly fast into this new version. They're like, oh, well, if my healed self was speaking, that's easy. I would just tell them that this isn't going to work for me because that's not what I'm looking for. And I was like, interesting. Okay. <laughs> it's it like, and, and then just saying also to them, like your healed self is your true authentic self, this wounded self, this part of you who doesn't know what to do, who doesn't, um, you know, feel confident, who feels like she can't set boundaries correctly. Like that's not your true self. Your true self is your highest, most authentic aligned self and helping women to just see like, this is your true self speaking about this situation right now. And taking action on those beliefs is really difficult Mm -hmm. because sometimes that means ending relationships with people they don't want to end relationships with or setting boundaries that make people feel really uncomfortable, but they're aligning with what they want for their future and for their healed self now. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Is this essentially the work that you have had to do yourself? Oh my gosh. Every day for years. Holy crap. This is like, I feel like I finally found what I love to do because it's just what I've fallen in love with on my own. Like I wake up every day. I have three journals like this thick about who I want to be, what she feels like, who she's having relationships with. Like I have created this version of myself. And every day I ask myself, am I aligning with the actions and the feelings and the relationships that my healed self would align with? And if not, why not? What's, what's blocking me from getting there? What's blocking me or keeping me from getting to that next step? And how can I move closer to that version of me every day? And my whole life has changed. I I absolutely love that. Thank you so much for sharing because you've just given me this question of like, how would my healed self respond? Like, I, I mean, I'll just be vulnerable because we've talked about this. 
But this is like, it took me a long time to recognize that the fighter perfectionist personality trait that I had was actually a trauma response. I did not understand that at all. I thought it was a survival mm-hmm. response, which it was, but they became very blurry. The lines became very blurry. And then eventually it just became this, like, I'll do it on my own, this perfectionist. I don't need to ask for help. I don't want anyone else around. And it just, you block and you put this armor up and you stop everyone from coming in, Mm -hmm. but it's the only way I could survive. But there've been times where even my husband will call me out on it. And it's funny because I'll, I'll do something. He's like, there's no danger right now. Like there's no danger. You don't actually have to act that way. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I'm open enough to be reminded of those things. Mm -hmm. But those are responses that we have to have. But I love, I love the mindset shift of like, what would my higher self, how would she choose to respond to this? And there've been a number of situations over the past, I would say even six to 12 months where I have responded in a way that is so different than how people are used to me responding that they don't know what to do with it. They're like, wait, why is she not fighting back? Why is she not arguing? Why is she not? I'm like, yeah, okay, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's interesting. And it's, it's so it's first off, it saves a crap ton of energy. (laughs) So much, so much energy. It's best. (laughs) So much energy that I was like, wait, I was spending that all that time. Um, But I love this, this concept. And that's a really great reframe instead of like, why do I keep doing it like this? Why do I keep, that's a very much a blame and a, in a belittling type energy that doesn't help us. But how do I want to show up? How does that healed version of me respond? And that's such a beautiful reframe. So thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just remembering like you're, you're used to responding from your wounded self. Mm -hmm. Your wounded self is trying to keep you alive. It's trying to protect you, trying to keep you from being vulnerable and being rejected. And so it is a practice that I still practice every single day of shifting out of that wounded self into the healed self and approaching life from that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really, I think that that is really important and I really appreciate you sharing that. I actually had an interview yesterday with somebody who is a trauma coach and we got talking about wounds and scars. If you've ever read any of Glennon Doyle's work, she talks about um, it's so much easier to speak from our wounds that are no, our scars that are healed um, versus our wounds, which are healing. Right. Mm. And this coach said last night, and it was so, it just made me think of what you just said is that we can have scars that we've had for our whole life. They might be scarred over, but that doesn't mean they're healed. Like that doesn't mean a scar can be really old, but there can be a lot of trauma trapped underneath that scar. Mm. So that's still unpacking, right? That's unpacking and doing that work to allow yourself to fully heal, not just on the surface. Right. Yeah. That deep, deep inner healing. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. So now this is the work that you get to do. And it sounds like you love what you're doing and your life is very different now than what it was. Yeah, it is so different. And it's so funny too, because, well, I got diagnosed with Lyme disease at the beginning of last year. And so the past year and a half, I've been in like a very, very serious treatment for Lyme disease. And I couldn't get up literally really for about six, seven months. Like I really struggled and, um, I feel grateful because COVID 
gave me the opportunity to continue grad school to become a therapist from my home. Otherwise I would have had to drop out of school. Um, I was luckily able to, I got laid off from my job literally this, like pretty much the same day that I got diagnosed and I was able to get unemployment money. Like I felt like I was just set up to sit in my trauma and my sickness for like months and just like really like dig through it and work through it. And now I feel like if none of that happened, I would never be where I am. And it started with telling my story because for so long I was either, I felt invisible as, you know, like as a child, for example, and then in high school, after some traumatic incidences happened, I did everything I could to be invisible so that nobody would see me. And so this process of starting this business and like sharing my story and where I've been I have physically been healing from Lyme disease through sharing my story. And it's like this, I couldn't get up for, you know, six or seven months. And every day when I was meditating, my higher self would say, you need to start a blog, start a blog, start a blog. And I was like, I don't even have the energy to make myself breakfast. Like, how am I supposed to start a blog? And it was so loud and it was coming back so often that I was finally like, okay, fine. Like I'll start a blog. I hear you. And when I started writing, And I started sharing my stories, even though things that I didn't quickly, but I just started writing it and telling my own story to myself in the purpose and intention of sharing with other people, I physically started feeling better. And I started being able to get up and walk around and I had a reason to wake up in the morning again. And like, it all started with sharing what I've never shared before and becoming visible again and putting myself out there in a way I never, ever imagined I ever would. Cause I just wanted to stay hidden my whole life. So it was very interesting how that all worked and literally sharing my story physically helped me to heal. Okay. So we have, we actually have just met recently. So uh-huh. this is really cool because I knew I follow my gut uh-huh. I reached out and I'm like, I think I need to have you on the podcast because I loved how you were showing up and what you were sharing. I love all things sharing story. I want to know, I want, I would love it if you would share with the listeners, like what were those first steps in sharing your story? What did it look like? How did you navigate through it? Because while you're still healing at the same time, like a lot of people think, well, I have to be fully healed before I can share. But I actually found that was a very healing part of my process was learning how to share. So I would just love for you to share your perspective on what did it look like to start sharing your story and how did things change as you went through doing that? Oh my gosh. So you, the listeners can't hear me, but I'm like laughing right now because this all started because I was, you know, once I got sick and I couldn't do any of my really like self-care things anymore, I started meditating, you know, I meditate for an hour every morning. Mm. And so when I was meditating, I would literally hear, you need to share your story. Mm. I would hear it. And I would burst into tears. I was like sobbing and I knew that it's what I needed to do, but I was so scared. I'm like, even feeling emotional, like saying this out loud, because it was just so, I never, ever, ever considered sharing my story, except with my very closest friends for my entire life. And then all of a sudden it was like, all right, time to publicly 
like share your story and step out and talk about this. And while I don't go into like the details of my stories, at least yet, maybe someday, actually I will be someday. Cause I know that's what I'm meant to do. But, um, even just sharing slowly, very slowly opening up and sharing a little bit more of what I've been through and what I've experienced, it has been so healing and I was not ready for it. And I don't encourage everybody who doesn't feel ready to share, um, because it's important to share your story when you feel empowered doing so. And it's not keeping yourself in integrity, kind of like we talked about earlier and keeping other people in integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, and just knowing your intention for sharing that story was really big for me. So I was like, my intention for sharing the story is to connect with other women who have been through this and who I can serve. But yeah, the first step for sharing that really, I would say it all comes back to like connecting with yourself, connecting to why you want to share your story. And if you feel like it's time to share your story, what is the intention that you're trying to share and with who Mm -hmm. and for who, and if it's for you, sometimes that can get messy because I ended up going, I would have never shared my story if it was for me personally, because it would have been too, too much. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm sharing my story for them, which actually ended up helping me. Thank you for sharing that. There's so there is, it's so, it's not funny. It's, it is, it's ironic. <laughs> There's so few people I've had who've actually been like in this space to understand that when you start to share it, a lot of the people in your circle might think you're nuts for what are you oh doing? Like, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. <gasps> when you come from like part culture, part age, like you don't share your laundry, you bury it and you keep moving. That's what you do. But I felt so called to do it and to do it in such a respectful way that so many people in my life didn't agree with it at the time, but I just felt in my gut, it was the thing to do. And I'm so glad that I continued because that's how I learned. Was it messy in the beginning? Oh yeah. I was on like stages crying. There were times I was, I just wasn't, it, it, it took some time to navigate it and figure it out. But I, I love that you were able to make that vision about helping others. And I think the other thing is, is the reason why we don't talk so much is because we do feel alone, right? Like we feel very, very much alone. And it's not until we start speaking that we realize that there are so many other people who have stories similar to us, or they've experienced it. The reason we don't is because nobody talks about it. And I, in those early days, I had people come up and say like, that was my story. I've never told anybody. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait, wait a minute, are all these people like not talking about things that are like, and then realizing we're feeding that shame. So your life I'm assuming looks very different than what it did before, which isn't before isn't even that long ago, but yes. Yeah. I mean, even a year ago, I completely different person, Mm -hmm. completely different you allowed yourself to go down that path and to do that work and to dive in. And I love how you're paying that forward and helping others. I just think that is an absolutely beautiful thing. We need more of that. I think as we're coming, I want to say coming out of this time, but it's still, you know what, this is part of all of our growth process. So it's just part of it right now. Like we, a lot of people want to avoid what's happening right now, or they want to avoid dealing with this, but it's part of our process. It's part of what we all have to go through. 
Absolutely. And everybody will do it in their own time. And mm-hmm. I try to remind myself, like my family is very, my step family is very like hush hush about things. They don't talk about it. They don't even acknowledge feelings. And so yeah. I was really afraid of putting my story out there because they, not only is it a cultural thing, but like a familial thing for them. I was, they were, they had, they didn't say it out loud, but I know that they're very uncomfortable <laughs> with the fact that I'm even sharing my story that has nothing to do with them mm-hmm. just because it's so uncomfortable for some people. And I realize like, that's just where they're at in their journey. They may not ever choose to share their story, even though they have a story to share, which I makes me sad in a way because I know how healing it can be, but I also honor that they're not ready to share that story. And some, some of them may not be. Mm-hmm. So if there's, if there's a part of you or somebody in your life, who's like really giving you a hard time for sharing your story rather than beating yourself up over it or questioning yourself or, or even shaming them for shaming you, just saying to yourself, like, that's their journey. Mm-hmm. Their, their journey is to stay quiet. And my journey is no longer to be in silence. It's beautiful. That is beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Where can people connect, follow you, the name of your podcast, all of the things? Yeah. So I just started my podcast this morning. I haven't even posted my first episode, but it will be called Aligned with Empowered Love. Mm -hmm. And it'll be on iTunes and Spotify. Mm -hmm. But you can find me on Instagram at Malia.rose and it's spelled Mm M-E-L-E-A-H dot rose. Come and say hi. Seriously, I love chatting with people. Tell me your story. <laughs> I want to connect with you. And um, yeah, I just, I just love. I never actually even had social media before this. And oh wow, all the, yeah. And so I, I literally went from invisible, seriously, like very invisible, to super, super visible. And it has been just so beautiful to connect with everybody else and hear other people's stories. So if you're around come say hi. (laughs) I love that. Um, have you had to put any boundaries or anything in place, especially as a person who's gone from no social media to now sharing your story on social media? Because I know when I first started and I like my posts, my posts, I look at some of them, there's five, six years old. Like I was rocking boats back then because nobody was Mm. talking about vulnerable stuff, but it was my way of processing and sharing. Mm. Um, but I also had to learn different boundaries as I, as I went down that path, because not everybody's going to agree with you. So I'm just curious if you have any tips or experiences that you've come through with learning how to honor or implement boundaries you need by sharing from sharing your story online. Yeah. Um, I, my boundaries is I always just check in with myself before sharing a story mm-hmm. and before posting it or whatever. I just check in and say, how does this feel like, and who is this for? Like, am I sharing this for me right now to like vent or am I sharing this so that I can actually help other people? And how am I choosing to share this? And does it feel empowering or does it feel draining Mm -hmm. um, to read this? And so I just check in about how I can help myself feel like I'm being I feel safe while sharing the story because it's such a scary process. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I would say just tuning in and listening and, and checking in with yourself and asking why mm-hmm. this part of your story wants to come out and for what purpose. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. I have a couple quick questions for you. Um, the first is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? What lesson in life? That is a great question. <laughs> I like to stump some of my guests. Yeah, honestly. Hmm. Lesson. Okay. Well, I feel like it's more so just the experiences of, I was just so, for so many years in a, why me? Why do I have to go through this? How can I be going through more of this? Like, I feel I went through many, many years of like very, very traumatic experiences, one on top of the other. And I was like, why are you punishing me? Like, what did I do? And just learning the lesson that those things that literally brought the most incredible pain have brought the most incredible gifts on the other side through this business that I'm running and that they've come out. And this is just the very, 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 very beginning of my journey as well. And knowing that it's going to grow into so much more on the other side. And that being said, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is the capacity that you're willing to feel pain is the capacity that you'll be able to invite good feelings and abundance and positive experiences into your life. So however deeply you can feel all of those painful experiences is the same level that you'll experience joy on the other side. I think that is an absolute mic drop. Honestly, that is just such a, no, I love that. Like, I love that. It's, it's so good because that you have to know one to know the other, right? You have to know darkness, no light. You have to know it sucks. And I think that it doesn't suck, but you know what I mean? But it, it is because it sucks to feel those things, it but it's so worth it. <laughs> it does. And I think that, um, as you say that and how you say that is so, is so perfect because the more you can dig into those wounds and understand that experience, like you can actually then interrupt patterns you've been repeating your whole life. Like all of a sudden we do that when we really dive into someone's story and all of a sudden the person will say, Oh my gosh, like I've been repeating this pattern my whole life. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we all do until we actually can look at it and see it and then respond differently. But if you felt that much pain on this end, you have this much capacity for feeling joy and love and abundance and all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So my last question for you is um, everything we talk about here on this show is about learning how to own and share your story, like learning to own and stand on your story and how you can see that your story has an impact for someone else. Um, How different does your life look now that you are in this space of like owning and sharing your story compared to before? Oh, I am literally tearing up thinking about it <laughs> because I. Good, then it's a good question because Ooh, it, yeah. it's digging. Yeah. I honestly, you might have to repeat that. <laughs> okay. I'm going to, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. Yeah. Because that just like, that hit me so powerfully. And I know everything we talk about is learning how to like own and share your story and coming to a space of recognizing like your story can have an impact for someone else. How different does your life look now that you're in the space of owning and sharing your story compared to where you were before? Could you imagine? 
yeah, I just, it is literally night and day difference. Like if you had met me two years ago, you would not No, You know what? Not two years ago. It's been, I would say like six years ago, Mm -hmm. you would not even recognize me like on a physical level, on an emotional level. Like I'm not the same person. And six years ago is when I actually told my story with my therapist and it changed everything for me. And now that I'm actually sharing my story publicly and being more open about where I've been and what I've lived through, I just, I feel like I finally have power in my life that I never felt I had before. Mm. And I have agency and I have, I have this ability to connect with people on a completely different way than I did when I was harboring these stories inside. Um, it's, it's helped me to just have true, genuine, real, authentic connections, like instantly with people I've never met before online. Mm-hmm. Like I've made some of my dearest friends in the last few months online because I'm sharing my story and we're able to just go there. Mm-hmm. Whereas with other relationships outside of this, it takes a really long time, if ever, to get to that place where I feel comfortable sharing that story with them. And it's just, it's night and day difference. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that, honestly. And if you're listening, you couldn't you couldn't see the emotion that that stirred up, but I want to just honor you for going there. Cause I know it's uncomfortable, but also honoring that, like how different your life can look and the level of freedom and the genuine connections is something that I refer to a lot. Like a lot of the people that are in my life today, I couldn't imagine not having them in my life, but the only reason they're here is because I started sharing a story and we connected and we yeah. like, we, we connected and built relationships. It, they weren't here six years ago. So it's like, I couldn't imagine not having them in my life. And for that, I'm grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I feel like my heart has just like cracked open since you asked that question because um, yeah, I just, I, it really hit me today, the difference that it makes. So mm-hmm. thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you for being here. Yes, thank you so much. This was great. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.